0: Are road trips with your kids driving you crazy? Wink, wink. Well, then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoyed this podcast and find it encouraging, would you prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a monthly or even a one-time donation? Whether it's a dollar a month or $20 a month, your support helps to sustain this podcast and keep it on the air. So if you feel led to partner with us, please just go to gingerhubbard.com slash support to donate any amount. And thank you to all of our listeners for your support. This enables us to further our mission, which is to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. When our kids watch secular shows or read secular books, they'll often come across something that directly contradicts the Bible. And they'll ask a question like Is that true, mom? Did we come from apes? Is the Earth billions of years old? Are there aliens on other planets? Our kids are growing up in a world that desperately needs the light of God's word. And it's increasingly more important to me that the resources I use to educate my kids are from a biblical worldview. This is why our family uses BJU Press. They offer trusted resources for homeschooling through video courses or parent-led instruction. Our family uses BJU Press video courses, and I love the fact that they are taught by knowledgeable and engaging experts in their fields. And what's really great about the video courses is that all three of our kids, including our first grader, can work independently and at their own pace. But if you would rather facilitate your child's homeschooling, if that's more your speed, BJU Press offers numerous resources so that you can manage the different learning styles of your child, know what your student is learning so you can influence instruction, and create a totally customized learning experience. BJU Press Homeschool offers resources to meet the educational needs of your family in a way that will equip your kids for a life of gospel impact. Just go to BJUPressHomeschool.com and get what you need to give your child a solid biblical education. Again, that's BJUPressHomeschool.com.
1: Well, hey there, listeners. We're assuming that some of you still have travel plans this summer. And if you don't, then you probably have some coming up for the fall or for the holidays. So Katie and I were talking at our last event, and she just survived a road trip with her kids. So she was thinking it might be helpful to offer (laughs) some tips and ideas to make traveling with kids more fun for them and less stressful for parents.
0: Oh, that's right, gender. I'm really excited about this topic because I always have this romanticized ideal of what road trips with my family will be like. <laughs> I love to travel, and my husband Brian and I did a ton of that before we had kids. So after our first child was born, we, we kept going. We kept on traveling. He was, honestly, our oldest was a perfect baby, and I always wondered why more people didn't just hop on a plane and go to Europe when their kids were toddlers. Like, what's the big deal? What's it, What's everybody fussing about? But then we had another child, And then another one, and then I knew. I knew after that. (laughs) But more recently, uh, we started shopping for a travel trailer, and we thought that would be the perfect way to travel the country with our kids. But then we bought a travel trailer, and we spent one night in it, and then we knew. (laughs) We knew how challenging that is. There's a reason why there are embroidered pillows that say, I'm sorry for what I said while I was parking the camper. It just gets ugly. It gets really ugly. And that's only compounded for me when I have three kids asking me for a snack 10 minutes after we just had lunch. All while we're backing a 30-foot vehicle into a tiny parking spot while 10 random strangers are trying to decide whether or not to intervene. That's (laughs) sort of what it's like trying to park a trailer. So in the past, I would have handed each of my kids a device of some sort and just basked in the peace and quiet that comes from their complete fixation on it. But gender, as you know our family has greatly reduced the amount of screen time we're using with our kids because, well, I'm concerned about the long-term effects that screens are having on all of us, spiritually and physically. So the tips and ideas Ginger and I have today are completely screen-free because we both believe, difficult as it may be, that those times in the car with our kids will wind up being some of their sweetest memories, some of our sweetest memories, at least that's what I hope. (laughs) Uh, One thing I actually heard recently, Ginger, that really stuck with me was your kids will never remember their greatest day of watching television. And I Hmm. thought, and actually I heard that on Jenny Urich's podcast, um, A Thousand Hours, sorry, Urich, A Thousand Hours Outside. I just thought that was a great quote because it's so true. They're not going to remember that.
1: That's right. And, and, you know, the easy thing when we're traveling and things get crazy in the car or the travel trailer um, is to hand them a device just to entertain yeah. themselves. But, exactly. you know, not only has excessive and even moderate screen time proven to be harmful on so many levels for kids. You've talked a lot about that in the parenting in the digital age episodes, Katie. Um, great information there. Um, but just it's harmful for kids and even for adults for that matter, it also hinders us from healthy social interaction and bonding with one another. We all know that traveling can be stressful, especially with kids. So the temptation is to hand them a device so that we can have some peace and quiet. And that temptation is very real. But with a little planning and preparing ahead of time, traveling can be a great balance of family fun and peace and quiet. It just takes a little planning ahead. So our goal for this episode is to offer some tips and ideas to help you plan and prepare so that instead of dreading all those hours of travel, you can actually look forward to the family memories that will be created, as Katie said, and we're hoping that those will wind up being fond memories that you and your children will look back on for years to come with thankfulness and joy. So Katie, I know you've put some thought into this, and you have five tips for surviving road trips with kids, so let's jump right in. What's that first tip? Okay, tip number one is to prepare your kids for transition times.
0: My three have this incredible knack for waiting until we're merging onto an eight-lane road in rush hour with a 30-foot trailer to ask me <laughs> completely unrelated questions. Like, Mom, how old were you when you lost your two front teeth? And I mean, we're, we're trying not to die. And when I'm in transition mode, as I call it, my answers always come out a bit more sharp. (laughs) So (laughs) I'll say something like, I don't know. I'm trying to help us not die right now. And that's generally not the most loving response. So I've started to warn my kids about these transition times before they happen and to help them find ways to make that process easier rather than more difficult for all of us. Sometimes the most helpful thing they can do is to sit quietly somewhere until I tell them to move. But I have found that the best way to get through those transitions is to give everyone a task or responsibility. Our kids, I think all kids, love to help. They love to be useful. And this is one way we can work together to get somewhere without mom losing her mind before we're even out the door. Mm -hmm. So working on those transition times is a really big deal for us.
1: Absolutely. And traveling can be stressful for kids as well. So, as mm. far as preparing them for transition times, it can also be helpful to talk to them before the trip about the details as to where you're going and what they can expect, especially if it's going to be a first experience for them. Mm. If it's their first time to the ocean or the mountains, uh, you know, take a little time and talk about the how uh, you know the sandy beaches are warm and the snowy ski slopes are going to be cold and even better is to show them brochures or websites so that they can mentally prepare for what's to come showing them what to expect and what to look forward to gets them excited about the trip which can make a positive difference in the travel experience but I will say make sure that what you're going to show them isn't scary or it could have a reverse effect (laughs) and I'm Saying that from personal experience, Katie and I spoke at the Teach Them Diligently Homeschool Convention in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and after the event, our families went to Dollywood together. And I've never been to Dollywood, so I didn't know what to expect. I didn't research, didn't go online, didn't see any brochures, and I didn't know what I was getting into when I agreed to ride all the roller—not co- some, but all the roller coasters—with Katie's kids before we got there. I am terrified of heights and the older I get the worse that fear gets it's it's just horrifying to me and I had no idea those roller coasters were going to be that terrifying <laughs> I hadn't ridden on a roller coaster in years and they have changed considerably since the last time I was on one and I'm just going to say <laughs> that it is absolutely ridiculous the length these engineers will go to to traumatize people so even though I'm encouraging you to show your kids what to expect had I watched a video of any of those roller coasters ahead of time. It would have only added to the sheer terror I experienced when actually riding them. I'm still (laughs) traumatized, Katie. (laughs) Call me a baby. I don't care. Been there, done that, and didn't want the t-shirt.
0: As a matter of fact,
1: I didn't even want the picture. They snapped a picture of everyone's face just after the coaster rounded the top of the track. And there's nothing like seeing a picture of yourself seconds before you think you're going to die.
0: Oh, y'all. I spent the rest of the time we were at Dollywood. So we went the first day with Ginger and her family, and then we went again with our family for a second day because I just can't get enough of roller coasters. Mm. And I spent that entire second day trying – to get the most terrified picture. Like, I'm just making really awful faces trying to mimic Ginger and her family and their terrified faces, just for fun. Um, well, there was one guy, actually, Ginger, sitting next to me, or just a random one, because there were five of us, and so I sat next to a guy, and I did ask him if he was planning to buy the photo after the ride, because I knew I was going to make a really stupid face. I really hope he bought that picture, though. I, that would be fun for him and his family to have that.
1: <laughs> well... Actually, to me, though, your picture was just as disturbing as mine, Katie. I mean, I had this horrified, you know, death experience (laughs) about to happen face, but you were as calm as a cucumber with this pleasant smile as if you're strolling through the butterfly center at Callaway Gardens. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. We are completely opposites in that. (laughs) I don't know. There's just something not right about that. I'm like, what are you, a sociopath? (laughs)
0: No, Ginger. A sociopath is someone who doesn't have a conscience. I felt really bad laughing as hard as I did at you while you were on those rides. I did feel bad about that, but it was, I mean, my stomach was hurting. I was laughing so hard at you on those rides. It was, I was crying. I was literally crying. It was great. Well,
1: I didn't notice you laughing because I thought I was about to die. All right. So enough about that. Back to the topic. So Katie, what is your second tip for surviving road trips with kids?
0: Okay. Tip number two is to brace yourself for boredom, especially if your kids are already in the habit of filling every moment of downtime with screens. This will take time and effort. So resist the urge to solve their boredom problem for them. You can have items on hand to help from time to time, especially on a long trip. Uh, but they will come up with ways to pass the time on their own if we don't intervene. Again, this will probably take more time and patience on your part if screens are their go-to boredom filler, but please don't give up. Believe me, this will come with practice, and we've experienced that firsthand in our home. So as Ginger mentioned, we did go to Pigeon Forge back in May for that Teach Them Diligently homeschool conference, and I was determined to resist using technology as much as I could during that five-hour trip, I'll be honest, though, I was so tempted to pull out an iPad or hand them a phone, but we did stick to our screen-free drive, and it was terrible. Seriously, <laughs> it was it was hard. It was almost like everyone forgot how to talk in an enclosed vehicle with five people. We don't have to talk so loudly, everybody. We're right here. And I was a total pill that entire trip up to the mountains, but... One of the sweetest moments came out of that trip. Our 12-year-old had brought along a book that my in-laws gave him for Christmas called The Best Ever Backseat Games. And this book is full of games that don't require anything at all. I'll tell you a little bit about the particular game we played, but I realized something on that trip. Because our kids knew to expect a screen-free trip, they came prepared. They didn't complain about not watching a screen, and they found ways to entertain themselves. Now, some of those ways were more annoying than others, and we worked through that. But (laughs) I was so happy to see the three of them engaging with one another, with the scenery around us, and honestly, with their cranky mom who was still transitioning from all the stressful transitions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The book, The Best Ever Backseat Games, that sounds like a really great book of ideas Mm -hmm. for keeping them occupied. So we'll be sure to have Heather put a link in the show notes to that one. You know It's good to have some games that the whole family can play, but for the sake of the parent sanity, I think it's also wise to incorporate some games or activities that the kids can do by themselves so that the parents can have a little bit of a break, a little bit of peace and quiet on those longer trips. Planning a balance of interaction and times of peace and quiet can make all the difference in making travel time enjoyable for everyone. So I'm sure that book has many great ideas, but just a couple of oldies but goodies that I'd like to mention as far as interactive games are... Would You Rather and The Alphabet Game. I went online and you can actually print questions off the internet from the Would You Rather game. And it's just questions, real simple questions like, would you rather be a super strong person or a super fast person? Uh, There are also books available with questions for that game, Uh, but you also want to make sure though, look ahead of time and make sure that those questions are appropriate for kids. What I like about that game is that everyone in giving their explanation to their answers, that can really lead to some interesting and fun discussions. And then for the alphabet game, I'm sure most of you have heard of that, but everyone just looks outside the car to find all 26 letters of the alphabet on things you pass um, as you're going down the highway in order from A to Z. Letters can be spotted on anything uh, like buildings or signs, billboards, bumper stickers, license plates, anything at all outside the vehicle. Uh, But I will warn you, though, that bumper stickers these days can lead to discussions that you might not be ready to have with your little ones. So just a word of caution there. (laughs) Another way to play the alphabet game that I read about online is to spot objects outside of the car that begin with each letter, which can be challenging and even silly once you get to those letters like X and Z. So that version of the game calls for a little bit more creativity, but different ways you can do it. And there's actually some scorecards and ways you can keep up with it. You could print off the internet that, that make it um, a little more fun and organized. All right. So moving along, Katie, what is your third tip?
0: Tip number three is one we all know, but I am a firm believer in the power of snacks on road trips, (laughs) but That can so easily get out of hand, especially on a long trip. So one idea I have is to pack little brown paper bags and allow the kids to open one bag an hour. Or you can use clear plastic bags if you want them to be able to choose what they have. I actually got this idea from my mother-in-law. So when my husband was little, he and his family would travel from Georgia to Indiana for Christmas. And my mother-in-law would wrap little gifts for the trip. And it was Since it was over Christmas time, on the way there, they they got a little Christmas gift along the way. So they would open one gift an hour, and it just made the trip go by so much more quickly for them. I think that's like a 12 or 13-hour drive. So breaking that long trip into more manageable blocks of time is so helpful, especially for younger kids.
1: Yeah, that I love that. That's a really fun idea. And kids love opening surprises. I mean, what kid doesn't like that? I like opening surprises. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for the younger kids, you know, it could just be really simple gifts like a coloring book and crayons, just things that would help them occupy their time for a bit. Exactly. All right. Tip number four is one I've mentioned on the show before, but it's
0: still one of my favorite road trip ideas. My husband's cousin told me about this, and it works like magic. The most annoying question for me on any road trip is, are we there yet? Or how much longer? So my husband's cousin would give each of her kids a roll of quarters at the start of a trip. Every time the child asked a question about how much longer, they had to pay a quarter. Whatever they had left at the end of the trip, they could spend. but they had to pay every time they asked that question. Mm-hmm. This one requires some tough love at the beginning, and you have to stick to it when they tearfully hand over those first few quarters, but they quickly get the hang of it when real money is on the line. Now, we don't really use this anymore because our ours are old enough to be able to tell time I will say, though, that our seven-year-old still inquires about the time pretty frequently. So we have him set the timer on his Fitbit so he can keep track of it himself. That has been super helpful for us. And he likes having that information literally on hand.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Another tip that I have is to not be in such a hurry to get where you're going. Mm. Maybe plan some time to stop at interesting places just to break up the monotony of being cooped up in the car too long. So instead of being in a stressful hurry and white knuckling the steering wheel the whole way there, maybe plan to stop along the way and experience some different things. Make getting there half the fun take a little time before the trip to research the cities you'll be traveling through and see if there's something unique and interesting to see or do. And even if it's just to stop at the park somewhere, uh, just to get outside and maybe have a leisurely lunch instead of eating in the car. And, I also thought about uh, maybe taking the kids to the store and letting them pick out a kite before the trip and then plan to stop somewhere along the way just to fly that kite for a little while and stretch your legs, get some fresh air. But it benefits everyone when our mindset is to stop and smell the roses along the way instead of reaching our destination 15 minutes ahead of schedule. Which mm. that's how we tend to operate. It's like a, you know, a race to get there. If we're 20 minutes early, all the better. But why do that? We miss so many simple opportunities to enjoy life when we're always in such a hurry. Mm. All right. So just a recap on the first four tips. Prepare kids for transition times. Brace yourself for boredom utilize the power of snacks and bribe them with quarters. Now, you guys know we're not about bribing on our show, but desperate times call for desperate measures. No, I'm just kidding. I really don't see that as bribing. I think that was a, uh, a really brilliant and fun tip to use on those travel times. All right, Katie, what's your last tip for surviving road trips with kids? Well, my final tip, number five, for surviving road trips with kids is to use that
0: opportunity to learn something together. This is the homeschool mom coming out in me. So listen to an audiobook, read aloud to your kids, practice scripture memory, or you can do what we did and read to them all about the Titanic and how that whole tragedy unfolded. So when we were in Pigeon Forge, they have this huge Titanic museum. We didn't get to visit it on this trip, but that got us wondering about that historic event. So- I spent probably an hour of our trip home just researching all the questions that my kids came up with about the Titanic. So, Mm -hmm. you know, consider making that time when you have a captive audience to learn something together as a family. And if you're an introvert like me and really do need a break from all the talking, Audiobooks are such a big help. So check mm-hmm, out mm-hmm. the Read Aloud Revival podcast for some really great wholesome book recommendations. Sarah McKenzie and her team do an excellent job of curating books so we don't have to pre-read everything we listen to on hand or hand to our kids. Um, I'm just really grateful for what Sarah does. So we'll be sure to have Heather put a link in the show notes to Sarah's website.
1: Yeah, that's great. And, you know, Katie, this last tip about the audiobooks, that goes back to finding a balance between planning mm-hmm. interactive family time as well as some peace and quiet time, because we need that on those long trips. And audiobooks books provide uh, great entertainment for the kids and a welcome break for the parents. And there's nothing wrong with earbuds. That's right. Well,
0: friends, we are so excited to introduce you to a new segment on our show called Kid Quips. We've been doing quick tips for a while now, and we love getting those from our listeners, so please keep those coming. This segment, though, is all about the funny things your kids say. Since this is a new segment, though, I'm going to give us the first kid quip courtesy of my youngest child, Grayson. I promised I would tell you about the game we played on our recent road trip to Tennessee. Well, we had that book called The Best Ever Backseat Games, and the game my oldest son chose was called Positivity. In this game, one person comes up with a bad situation and then calls on another person to try to come up with a positive thing to come out of that bad situation. For example, one person in the car would say something like this. Unfortunately, we ran over a nail and blew out one of our tires. And they would call on another person who would get to say something like, well, thankfully, it's a nice day outside and we can get out and stretch our legs. So it was my husband's turn to go. And he said, unfortunately, I stepped on a bunch of Legos that you boys left all over the floor. So I decided to throw away all of your Legos. And then he tossed it to Grayson, our seven-year-old. Now, remember, Grayson then had to think of something positive to come out of that negative situation. He thought about it for a moment and then said, well, dad, at least you hurt yourself. (laughs) <laughs> so I I don't think he really got the spirit of the positivity
1: game, but we laughed about that for a really long time. <laughs> I'm not <that> sure. <laughs> that Grayson of yours, he is the perfect combination of <laughs> clever and cute. It's you never mess. know what's gonna come out of that kid's mouth, and I love it. Well, if you have a
0: kid quip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any fun thing your child or grandchild has said, or it can even be something funny you said as a child or you overheard at the grocery store. Just go to com slash kidquips, that's Q-U-I-P-S, to submit those. Ginger, since I'm still in the process of working through my own travel irritability and since you survived (laughs) that phase of your own parenting, why don't you give us all a final word of encouragement as it relates to road trips with our kids?
1: Sure. As we've discussed here, just planning some simple activities for the kids to look forward to on the journey can make a huge difference in alleviating the stress of traveling and make it enjoyable for everyone. Yes, there are going to be moments of conflict and irritation with one another. And I'm not just talking about the kids, (laughs) but with a little planning ahead and a lot of praying for patience along the way, traveling can really be special times of bonding and opportunities for making sweet and lasting memories of family time together. And take heart when you plan all these things and they don't go as perfectly as you thought they would. In the end, you'll only remember the good stuff.
0: Thank you so much, Ginger, and thank you, listeners, for joining us today. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening, and while you're there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This is a huge help to us to get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? Well, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. While you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering both of her children's books, co-authored with Al Rowland, at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. Sam in the Sticky Situation is a book about whining and Chloe in the Closet of Secrets is a book about lying. So again, just use the code PARENTING at checkout and get a 10% discount off of both books. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.